0: we'll hand-select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector Experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 128 and the inspirational journey of Dedrick Polite. Dedrick grew up in the Roxbury neighborhood of inner city Boston, and from an early age, education was his way up in life. After being identified as a promising student, Dedrick advanced to attend Amherst College, and he augmented his education through his Cutco Vector experience. After graduating from college, Dedrick spent some time in corporate America while learning and preparing himself for a career in real estate investing. Today, he runs multiple businesses centered around real estate and is in the process of accumulating a massive portfolio of rental properties. He and his wife also teach others by sharing details of their journey through social media. In this short snippet, Dedrick identifies key lessons from his Cutco Vector experience, candidly shares how failures in his business career have heightened his desire for ongoing personal growth, and describes his path towards financial freedom through real estate investing. This is a classic example of how a person can earn more by learning more. While you're striving to move up in life like Dedrick Polite, it helps to find an extra edge to stay sharp. I want to encourage you all to try out Brain Fuel, which was created by another of our very own Cutco Vector alums. Brain Fuel is a new cerebral beverage that's been scientifically designed to help top achievers maintain peak alertness, sharpen decision-making, and prolong mental focus. Visit changinglivespodcast.com/deals and click on the Brainfuel logo for a special 35% off deal. Just enter the discount code CLSK when you place your first order. Enjoy this flashback segment from Dedrick Polite and be sure to revisit the full conversation at episode number 128. So you graduated from Amherst in 2005,
1: uh, 2004, right? graduated from Amherst in 2004 with a Graduate. degree in sociology. Have okay. I ever used my degree? No, but I use my <laughs> Cutco skills, right? Amherst is considered the number one liberal arts college in the nation. And literally the skills I learned from Vector and Cutco were, have served me more than a lot of the stuff I learned in the classroom from, at Amherst College.
0: Yeah. Well, it's real life stuff, which is why I think it's so important. So then after you got out of college, you had a choice of what to do. I know that, you know, Ryan would have loved to keep you, uh, you know, as part of Vector. <laughs> they were <and> lobbying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they were lobbying and you had other options. And, and tell us about that choice and how you, how you ended up uh, evolving into your career path.
1: Yeah. So I was in the branch manager training program. I had an opportunity to open my own branch. I'd also was interviewing for jobs on Wall Street, right? That was a a very lucrative potential career and also pharmaceutical sales. So when I weighed the three options, I ultimately ended up taking a job with a um, company called Novartis out of New Jersey, which is a big pharma company. So I became a pharmaceutical sales rep in in the Boston area. Vector helped me land the job because I did a demo for a gentleman. He was a single gentleman. Uh, I got referred to him. He bought like a a essential set from me, but he was a a manager for a pharma company. So as I'm wrapping up the demo, this is my senior year in, in college, right? It was one of my breaks. I'm selling knives. And he's like, hey, have you ever heard of pharmaceutical sales? You know, he had a suit and tie, very professional, owned his own house in Boston, had a company car. And I was like, no, I don't even know what that is. So he started telling me about it. And he was like, hey, you know, would you be open to learning about this? I said, yeah. And I asked him to be my mentor and he actually became my mentor in my senior high school. And he ended up helping me land the job in in farming, working for him. So it was all through (laughs) Cretco.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool to hear. Nice. So how did your career evolve into what you're doing now?
1: So I did farming for about six years up until 2010, uh, the Great Recession hit. I saw a lot of layoffs happen in, in the industry. Um, I didn't get laid off, but I saw people who had been there 15, 20 years getting escorted out the door, right? The great, you know, the 2008 real estate crash had happened. The economy was gone to, uh, you know what? So before that happened, I was like, I need to start planning my exit, right? So I started looking at other avenues, other sales jobs. I ended up getting a job at a company called HubSpot, which is a software company in Cambridge. They modeled themselves kind of like an East Coast Silicon Valley company. So I I ended up being like employee number 125 there, selling their software. So that was one of the best moves I made to transitioning out of pharma and getting to to software and technology sales. So I did that for about almost 10 years, actually. You know, I got into real estate in between there. But yeah, that was my transition out of that into software sales.
0: Nice. Nice. And did you ultimately leave software sales to full-time pursue your real estate investing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so while I'm doing software sales, you know, again, I'm making decent money. I'm earning commission checks. I work for about three or four companies in between an eight year span. But I mean, I have my successes, and I have my failures, right? I still had that base of knowledge I learned from Cutco. But at a certain time, you know, you're getting some sales jobs. I don't know if you've worked for other companies, but. I failed a few times. I got fired from a couple of companies for just non-performance. And I think the reason was, is because I stopped working on myself and my sales skills. I stopped polishing and constantly learning and training. And when I did that, my skills eroded. And some of it was a product I was selling, but you always take personal responsibility. So several times, I've raised myself from failure back to success, back to failure, back to success over my career. It's happened multiple times. And what I've realized now, I'm 38, is that you constantly have to be learning and growing, right? If you're not learning and sharpening your knowledge and your skills, your skills are gonna go backwards.
0: That's a huge point, Dedrick, that I think everybody should really take in because the reality is that the marketplace changes so fast. And anybody who is sort of relying on the person they were one year ago, they're gonna fall behind, right? They're not keeping up with the pace. I can remember hearing a story of a person who was asking for a promotion and somebody else got this promotion and the person said to their boss, you know, how did I not get this promotion? You know, I have eight years of experience and the boss said, well, no, you have one year of experience eight times. Mm -hmm. It's basically like they had stayed the same all through those eight years. They hadn't grown and evolved and become more than they were. And so they didn't get the chance to advance Whereas their competition maybe was around for a a few years less, but had been constantly growing, evolving, changing, having a steep learning curve in life. And that helped that person elevate, right? To a much higher level. So, yeah. So how did you overcome that? Like, What made you turn that around and get onto the learning track and, and be able to achieve success?
1: So what I realized, Dan, is that, again, you got to constantly learn and you're constantly reinventing yourself. Like you said, you don't want to be the same person you were eight years ago, right? Especially in sales. People don't care what you did last year or last quarter or what your records were, right? right. Sales code. They're like, what are you doing for me now, right? right? How much revenue have you brought in today? So one of the reasons I, I always love real estate, I remember my manager, Dave Drennan, well, I, was, I was making these big checks and he handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I was 21. He was like, mm. read this book. Because he knew I didn't come from money, right? I came from a low-income background. And that was one of the most important things right there is reading that book at age 21. It changed how I look at money. And it opened my eyes to real estate investing. So I was like, okay, I got to start. I got to get this thing called passive income, residual income. I love sales, right? I love the chase. I love the art of the deal. But I don't want to be doing this when I'm 60, when I'm 70. I want to get paid. I want to do something once to get paid over and over and over again for it. So I'm like, okay, why don't I start buying rental houses rental properties? So that really sparked the interest in real estate. I read books, read books, listened to tapes, went to seminars for years. And I was doing what my wife calls uh, analysis paralysis. I was the king of it because I was comfortable, right? I was making a good salary, still bumping along in my sales career. And I was always talking about real estate. And finally, my wife was like, listen, you've been talking about getting into flipping houses and doing this real estate thing for years. Let's just do it. She's more of the serial entrepreneur. Let's just do it. And literally about three, four years ago, we took some money out of our retirement account and we bet on ourselves and we started investing in real estate. That's cool, that's cool. Where did you start this? So I started, my first investment property was in Boston. I was still working a job. I was two or three years into my corporate career and I bought a triplex. It was called house hacking. Yeah. I bought a three unit. I lived in a garden level basement apartment. I was single, no kids. Right. I rented out the two upstairs apartments and it paid most of my mortgage. Awesome. Right, And then I didn't do anything for several years after that. I just read books, and listened to tapes and thought about it. But then after that, again, my wife was like, look, we're going to do this together. We're going to learn how to start flipping houses. So that's when we decided to invest money into hiring a coach, hiring a mentor, to literally teach us so we can shorten our learning curve as far as becoming um, real estate investors. But within a couple of years, we built a portfolio value at over $3 million. We both were able to leave our corporate jobs because our income, our passive and our active income from real estate investing far exceeds what we were making in corporate America.
0: And tell us about the scope of your businesses that you have at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we have over 20 uh, rental units that we own and growing. Our goal is to get to 10,000 rental units. This is over the next 10 to 20 years. So we're building a portfolio. We have seven different companies. So we have a, a flipping company where we flip houses, we have a rental company where we hold rentals, and that we have a short term rental company where we buy houses, fix them up, and rent them out on Airbnb, BRBO. We have a property preservation company. We also got into teaching. Right, Because we started documenting our journey as we were learning and getting into real estate. We started documenting our journey on social media. So when, you, when we'd be at a house, we post it. we post videos and kind of tutorials just documenting our process. So literally, hmm. there's people who followed us from when we first got in to now, and they've seen our whole process. So And then people reach out to us all the time because we've documented our journey to becoming investors. Now, people reach out to us asking us to mentor and coach them and teach them how to do what we've done. So we started an education company where we literally teach people how to become real estate investors. So now my wife and I are both full-time entrepreneurs. We own our own time. We have time freedom. We have financial freedom. So yeah, it's been a great, great ride.
0: Well, so if uh, somebody's a young entrepreneur and they want to have similar success to you, maybe they're not yet ready to get into real estate investing, but they're an 18, 19-year-old Cutco sales rep or somebody that's just getting started in life. What do you feel like are a few bits of insight you would have for them on how they can move toward the kind of
1: success that you're having? I would say stick with Cutco. Stick with Cutco as long as you can. Learn those skills. They truly are skills for life. I remember when I was a rep, you know, hearing that and seeing that. And 20 years later, is proved true. Those skills I learned, how to build rapport, how to follow a system how to strive for excellence, those are are skills and principles that have gotten me to where I am today. So become, strive to be the best Cutco sales rep you can, And then at some point, you're either gonna move up in the company into management or go on and start your own business. But the skills you're learning as a Cutco sales rep are indispensable to be successful.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.